Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Oh, Craig. You know, we were chatting for so long, I forgot my <laughs> song. It was something, it was a Rolo TV jingle. And now I don't remember how it goes. I was like, okay, what are you waiting for? And then, and then I was like, uh, did I did I scare him with my Here. with my Craig? Like, was it a little aggressive? See, I'll just like... play the actual Rolo jingle. Okay. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Oh, no, wait, it's not going to work because I have headphones on. So, whatever. It's whatever. Rolo, it's Rolo Rolo something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't this remember. is pretty much perfect for our one-year anniversary podcast. This is the kind of garbage people have gotten used to. I can't believe we've been doing this for a year. but And look at this. We have something very big to talk about. This is the one-year yeah. anniversary podcast of Podcast versus Everyone. I am still Craig Powers. And Jeff Newser is with me, as still. always. Still, Jeff. Still. Newser. Yeah, 66, man. 66 damn episodes. And since that first episode, we now have a new basketball coach, a new baseball coach, and a new football coach. <laughs> new fo- That's like perfect, man. We got like... And we were worried about having stuff to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's Well, and what's hilarious is, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just the timing of, of us uh, starting new things, but when... Uh, when we decided to start Coog Center, that's when Paul Wolf was hired. Well, Paul Wolf was hired before we started Coog Center, but you know the, that that's basically what it was: new coach, new website, you know, whatever. Um, and then within uh, within the first year of of Coog Center existing, Tony Bennett left. So that was great. <sighs> so great. Place a basketball coach, and so now ten years later, eleven years later, here we are, and yeah, we're. Another we're on our we're now on our third football coach and our uh, fourth basketball coach since Coog Center started. Maybe that's how we should mark the years. Third baseball coach. Third baseball coach. Right. Yeah, I think. I, I think, think Farrington was the coach when we started. Uh, and Marbit. Yeah. And then Marbit and Marbit. Was also, there it's for a fourth while baseball and... coach. So. So who's in between? Who am I missing? Lee's. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yes. So there we go. Maybe Marbit was a coach. I don't know. Uh, Man, good. I don't. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. How about that? Been around a while. We've got something exciting to talk about. Yeah, Rolo. Rolo. I, went to- I don't even remember. How much did we talk about him Like when Leach left and we... You know, I think got we on, spent- got on board with Michael. Did we talk I think much we spent about five, him? Maybe five minutes. Because I don't feel like we talked about him very much. Yeah. But then between then and so we're recording this Tuesday night uh, between then and Monday night when the news broke. I know that uh, I and a lot of other people were were hearing about a lot of momentum for Rolovich. And so um, I went from not really thinking a whole lot about him. I think I was pretty if I if I remember right, I was pretty hard uh going for uh brian harson i think that's who i was i, I was sort of uh rooting for at yep. that point and 
you know, was kind of, he was kind of my main guy. We talked obviously a lot about Alex Grinch because of, you know, all the, you know, the obvious connection there. Uh, but as, you know, as the week wore on and we got into the weekend and, and I was talking to people and other people were talking to people, uh, it was pretty clear that everything was kind of pointing to Rolovich. And uh, the more I looked at him and the more I checked up on, on his sort of his track record and what he would bring to the table, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 fucking fired up, dude. Yeah, one of the things that um, Preston mentioned, I because yeah, I mentioned his offense. Preston made a nice point um, during that podcast. I think through the uh, Bourbon Barrel Stout Haze that I was in um, was uh, <laughs> uh, that he basically was making something out of nothing in Hawaii, and that's the kind of coach that. Obviously, Chun knows to look for um, and uh, kind of coach what you need in Pullman. Um, a coach who can uh, be successful while being at a, uh, a resource disadvantage compared to their peers. And yeah. obviously, Kyle Smith was a clear uh, hire there. And then and now we see uh, uh, Rolovich is the same vein. So, you know, after, after we kind of were we kind of heard over the weekend that it, it was really looking like Rolovich. You kind of thought, like, yeah, this really makes a lot of sense. Like he's, yeah, he, he, he's proven to take a program that was really bad under Chow in, in Hawaii and then turned it around in four years to the point where they're playing in their conference championship game and they win 10 games. Uh, I'll be they played 15, but, that's what happens in Hawaii when you end up in a championship game. They get an extra game. They deserve um, it. But but yeah, um, so they win ten games. They won eight eight the year before, uh, eight and six, ten and five. After you know a bad second season, but we saw Leach had a really bad second season as well, or third season after uh, you know like there's there's those down years. Like he had a good first yeah. year and then a down year, and it's because maybe you're graduating some guys. But when he had his guys in there, they were good. And and that's 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 the type of guy we're looking for. Um, obviously, the offensive identity. Uh, we're a spread school. We've been a spread school for a very long time. Um, even under Wolf, after his by the time he you know by by the time his last year, they were running spread offense as well. So it's it's just that's that's who WSU is, um, and and it's actually you pointed out to me um and you you wrote about it a little bit on kook center but the roster you probably couldn't have found outside of a true air raid coach like maybe graham harrell or someone or seth luttrell you probably couldn't find a guy who's who can bring in an offense that matches up with the roster as well as nick rolovich there aren't very many people running offenses that use the kind of roster that we have and uh nick rolovich is maybe basically it uh most other air raid guys have have moved back toward incorporating some power run concepts things like that uh so they've got tight ends and and they do some things there so it's you know in terms of a guy who is going to use this roster with its you know (laughs) you know 20 20 receivers and 20 linemen and you know all that good stuff uh, you know, Rolovich is that guy. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I think I didn't initially, uh, put a whole heck of a lot of stock in him is because I, I honestly just didn't know that much about him. And, and that's not, you know, that's not surprising given, 
you know, that he, that he coaches in Hawaii, their games are on, you know, sometimes like, you know, even later than ours. Right. Um, and you know, his success was, was good, but not, you know, over the top good. And when his name popped up, my first thought was, okay, yeah, I mean, that's normal, you know, guy at, you know, group of five school has a little bit of success. And so his name is connected with, um, you know, an open job at a power five school and at a power five school, that's kind of a, kind of a lower tier, you know, power five school. So, you know, it's those kinds of schools, schools like Wazoo and, you know, uh, you know, Arizona, Oregon state, whatever, they're typically looking at, uh, coordinators and, and group of five coaches. Right. And so, you know, I just kind of Oregon state just coached Gary Anderson, but yeah, which was which, but was we later found out that Gary Anderson's a weird ass dude, and and that's why they were able to get him right. right. Um, and then and then Arizona with Sumlin, they're they're able to get him because they're because Texas A and M is still you know paying him you know three million dollars a year or four million dollars a year to right. that coach. So yep. Um, so most of the rest of us down here, uh, you know, we hire guys that that were coordinators. You know, Justin Wilcox was was a coordinator. You know, Cristobal, Grant Cristobal had head coaching experience a while ago, and, and I know Oregon's not really on our tier, but anyway, the point is, <laughs> you know, we're typically associated with guys like Rolovich, and I went, okay, that makes sense, whatever. And, and then I looked at him and I thought, you know, I, you know, actually, <laughs> this guy checks a heck of a lot of boxes. Um, you know, uh, something that I've a piece of writing I've been working on that I won't dive too deep into, but uh, you know, I'm a I'm a firm believer in in the idea that programs have personalities. And if you stray too far from that personality, you're really kind of asking for it. Um, You know, and WSU has a history going back, you know, 40 plus years of, you know, really like almost 50 years of, you know, wide open, you know, passing based offenses that, you know, are, are designed to, to move the ball and, and, and get a quarterback back there, strong armed guy who can fling it all over the field. And, um, this is, you know, this is part of our DNA. And, you know, when you stray too far from that, uh, you know, I think any program, you know, is really kind of asking for trouble. And, and the more I looked into Rolovich, I went, yeah, he totally fits that. He's, he's a little bit of a character, which is cool. Uh, you know, he's, he's had success at a program for a few years, which I think is important right now, because I, I wasn't, 100% sold on the idea of hiring a coordinator to take over a program that was in a, in really good shape. Um, you know, because you just, you want to make sure you're building on what's already there. And, and I think Rolovich right. really, uh, checks all those boxes and, and, and I'm excited, you know, I mean, maybe this is just sort of a side thing, but you know, you, you at some point certain things get a little bit stale and, and, you know, not that I wanted Leach to go away cause I definitely didn't, but you know, you know, you learned all about the air raid. We knew, we knew it kind of backwards and forwards and, you know, we kind of knew what to look for and what to see. Well, now, you know, we get to learn a new thing and that's, that's pretty cool too. Yeah. Obviously the air raid was fun this year because we kind of saw it operate differently. Um, it's the last two years we kind of saw different elements and, 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 uh, like last year it was with the a mobile quarterback and then this year with just more explosion, but, uh, still it was the same offense. And, and the same routes and the same everything. You yeah. know, Leach, Leach didn't throw in many wrinkles over his time, and typically when he did, it didn't work, and he got rid of it. So, right. Um, you know, the shovel pass was a, a rare occurrence. The, worked for the like pop, a year. The pop pass never <laughs> yeah. worked. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so it's uh, yeah, I'm excited. Um, just to, I I I'm really excited. We've been watching these 
kind of air raid variants where you have mobile quarterbacks and things like that. And you kind of get a little jealous. You're like up until this year, at least when, when WSU's air raid finally got real explosive, but you're kind of like watching these uh, teams like Baylor and, and uh, you know, West Virginia with, uh, um, with years and years ago um, with Dana and, and even with Houston this year. And, and, and uh, it just, it's just, like oh, we could do that like we could they it's not that like mobile quarterbacks are not like to find the elite ones like Tua are are hard but you can still find mobile guys like we found a high three-star mobile guy that would fit per- obviously fits perfectly in this offense um the guys we other guys the older guys we have in the roster who knows like uh we know they're athletic but we don't know if they're that doesn't mean you're a mobile quarterback obviously right Right. Um, but it, just to have a new element to watch and, and it's cool how he incorporated that into the run and shoot. Um, and it's going to be fun to, yeah, it's going to be fun to go to spring ball again and, and just kind of watch a different offense and all that. Like it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. And, and he seems like a, like a fun, uh, character, uh, not to the level of leech where they're just going to be asking him nonsense, like in every, <laughs> presser but like right to the point where he's probably going to be a a pretty uh you know fun guy to watch on the sideline and and he he definitely has like a you know like like a style he's got that logo that he brought with him that they adapted to with the wsu logo like so he's got he's got a little trademark to him you know and um it, so i i don't know I, th- I think it's fun he seems like you know fun fun guy and and he, I, I, I'm excited to see his press conference on Thursday. I have a feeling he's really excited about this, much like Kyle Smith was. Um, even because you get a guy who's leaving his alma mater, even as resource poor as they were, I'm sure that's difficult. And he's is getting a, and we could talk about this. He, he's getting quite a raise. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is. So the the what the report we've seen is uh, uh, nearly three million now. Uh, is that higher than you expected? And do you even care? <laughs> uh, yes and no. So those are my answers. It's definitely a bit higher than I expected. I figured he'd command maybe like two and a half, um, you know, on, on the high end, uh, you know, but I, I I'm going to guess this. it's probably like 2.75. Well, that's the standard. thing. So yeah. like when you say, you know, when, when it was written, you know, nearly 3 million, it's like, okay, so that sounds to me like an, like that, like his source was his agent. Like Pete Thamel's source was his agent, uh, right. Ravich's agent, because right. the agent, of course, wants to make it sound like it's really good, right? Five year deal, nearly three million. Okay, so Thamel goes five year deal, nearly three million, and if it comes out that it's two seven five, and see, so I think that you know it's 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 basically worked, I think, because uh, all of we have a significant portion of our fans who are freaking the heck out about paying him three million dollars. Um, and it might be, you know, two and three quarters, right? And if it's two and three quarters, all of a sudden he's, you know, in the bottom half, squarely in the bottom half of, of salaries in the Pac-12. Uh, if it's three, like 2.9 or three, then he's basically about the median. So, uh, so to answer your second question, no, I don't, I don't give a shit, man. Uh, if it's the right guy, you know, make sure you get him. Don't lose, you know, how many, how many times do we hear about a school losing a guy because they tried to nickel and dime him on the contract? You know, right. and it's like if your guy is your guy, then go get your guy and pay him, you know, a competitive wage and get him in there. You know, and if he's as good as you think, then he's going to pay back that 
value many times over. And in the end, honestly, it's not my money anyway. <laughs> you know, yeah. spend away, WSU, spend away. And, and if you're a kook who's worried about, you know, coaches leaving us, well, the, a good way to start off yeah. on the right foot with a guy and, and build some build some loyalty is to value him or value him or her. How do you say we believe in you? Like, and, and then a, be like, uh, we're not going to pay you that much. Yeah, we believe in you, <laughs> but... Here's here's this, you know, contract that, you know, what I mean, just if you believe in the guy, believe in the guy. And if you got to pay him a little bit more than what you thought, then pay him a little bit more than what you thought. Make sure you get the deal done. Make sure you get your guy. And it's like, okay, so I mean, let's just say this. Like when I looked at most lists, it was Harson, it was Grinch, it was Rolovich. Like I saw those top three all over the place. Okay, so let's say you go to Rolovich and you're like two million. And he's like, hey, yeah, mm, you know, I'm, I'm going to need a little better than that to, to leave Hawaii. I know I'm not making much of Hawaii, but, uh, you know, I, this, you know, it's Wazoo. It's whatever. Like, I, I, I'm just going to need you to do better than that. Nah, two, two million is what we got. Well, I, I know, you, you know, you paid your last coach. You know, you're you're going to pay your last coach $4 million. So I, I know you've got it. Yeah, but we just think you're worth $2 million. Right. And and I know it's hard for like, you know, people like you and I and other fans to wrap our brains around that because so much money. Yeah, we <laughs> you know, we are never going to make that much money in our life. I mean, over our lifetime, sure, but not uh, not in a single year in our lifetime. Right. And so it's hard for us to kind of wrap our brains around that and be like, OK, but really you have to go, OK, so how does that how does that feel? Well, we really like you, but, you know, I mean, you just, you know, it's better just to, to say, hey, we like you. Um, here's a fair salary. If the guy comes in and says, I need three and a half, it's like, eh, you know, that, do- I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, three million, two, seven, five, you know, yeah, that's in the ballpark of a competitive Pac-12 wage. And if, if that's what it takes to get the deal done and everybody feels good, because that's actually important that everybody feels good. I know, you know, fans like to be like, well, it doesn't really matter. It does matter. It does matter. You know, you need, pe- listen, how many people work in a place where they don't feel valued and how shitty does that feel? Right. Like I've been in that position. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. So to get on the right foot, like you said, have everybody feeling good. You know, there's value in that. And, you know, the other thing is this is I'm going to throw out, too. I'm really curious to see what the buyout is, because I think there's a chance maybe they paid him a little higher salary in exchange for a higher buyout in the end. Um, You know, because sometimes a coach will say, "Okay, you're only going to pay me this much. But now my buyout's going to be, you know, half a million dollars or whatever. And, you know, so if I succeed, on you know on your bargain basement price then i get a chance to jump um there's there's a lower barrier to me jumping to a bigger job and so you know maybe wsu did a little bit of a trade-off with with you know a two million dollar buyout or something um that you know maybe offsets the the higher salary i don't think it's that high but you know what i mean like like a higher buyout to to justify maybe paying him a little bit more in the end yeah, and, and I know some fans, I, I've seen some consternation over the 28 and 27 record, uh, but he That's was only sick. there. He was there four years. One of the years was three and nine. That was the second year when he's trying to rebuild the team. If you look at Leach, it took Leach a long time. He's 55 and 47 when he leaves, and he's only even in Pac-12 play when he leaves. Like right. a, After those last, those four that four-year stretch where they won 39 games, like he had to dig out of a hole where he went three and nine, six and seven, three and nine. Like he he had to dig out of that hole. It took, I remember it taking him a long time to get back even. 
because you're like ah like after nine and four and eight and five and i think he still had a losing record at yeah. that point and you're just like man like and we know he's like, better than that hell. so like yeah. every, every broadcast they show us over our record like don't show that like that's stupid and it's the same with rolovich like he hawaii was in a bad place when he showed up he actually you know got a bowl game out of him the very first year but yeah you know you you have that next year uh where they it just when you're trying to institute but then the what happened is after that three and nine one and seven season in 2017 he said we're changing this offense like we're we're doing something different and that's when he switched to a run and shoot which was uh offense that no one was using like <laughs> Uh, no one was using run and shoot variants really, um, and they they switched to the run and shoot, and instantly eight and six, five and three in conference, ten and five, five and three in conference. Go to the conference championship game, uh, win your bowl game. Um, so yeah, like it's uh, win your bowl game over uh, BYU, I think. And so, yep, it's um, obviously it's a home game, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but but still, it's it's. There, there, there's context to that 28 and 27 record. I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a Mountain West school 28 and 27 record. And, and if that's all you're looking at, I know you're not going to be impressed. But you have to look at what happened, and you have to have yeah. some context. Is where the best football came when he had been in the program for three plus years, and when he had installed the current offense that he runs. Yeah, the and offense so, made a huge trajectory upward yeah. uh, in the last two years after he re-put that in. And, and it's worth noting, like. You know, he didn't just, you know, willy nilly decide we're, you know, we're going to be a run and shoot team. Um, You know, Hawaii's history with the run and shoot goes back, uh, you know, to June Jones. And, you know, they've they've had some of their, you know, most their their biggest success, you know, doing the run and shoot. And by the way, he ran Rolovich played. He was the run and shoot quarterback under June Jones. So uh, so that's what he that's what he knew. And and he was, you know, Greg McMacken ran the run and shoot when Rolovich was his offensive coordinator. And then, of course, Rolovich goes off to Nevada where he's the you know, he sort of learns about the pistol and basically runs the pistol for four years, which is kind of wild because that's a really different offense yeah. than, than the run and shoot. And so it, what was interesting to me was, you know, it basically came back to Hawaii and, you know, really sort of seemed to lean more toward a lot of pistol principles. And I don't know, you know, somebody smarter than me, Brian Anderson or Jessica Cena or whatever, are going to dig, you know, maybe more into this, but at least philosophically seemed to lean more toward the pistol. And in after a couple of years, he was like, you know what? This isn't working. I'm not satisfied with this. You know, and of course that comes on the heels of, you know, his worst season. He's like, it's just kind of not working. And he even describes that he was going for balance, right? The, the, the mythical, you know, 50, 50, balance, right. Yeah. And he finally just went, you know what? Psh, forget it. We're, we're going back to air raid. And of course he did, or going back to run and shoot. And he did that after talking with Mike Leach and talking with Dan Hawkins and decides, you know what? I just got to be me. And of course it's, it's taken off to the point where uh, this past year, his offense was number 30 in S and P plus. And that's, that's really good. Like that's well, where talk, go ahead. Well, it, so when you talk about their number 30 S and P plus offense, when you look at total yardage and all that stuff, they were like in the top twenties and stuff. Obviously, it's adjusted for um, competition and that stuff. But they also beat two Pac-12 schools this yep. year. Um, yep. They they had one less Pac-12 win than WSU. 
Um, <laughs> and, and they, they scored, had an easier time with Oregon State than we did. And they scored more points against UW. <laughs> yeah. And um, gained more yards and, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But, but so these are with recruiting classes that are in the hundreds rankings. Right. Right. And, and, and Zane wrote about it um, today on Kook Center, and I highly encourage you to go look at both of his uh, interactive uh, graph posts. Um, but basically, WSU under Leach was outperforming their recruiting classes better than anyone. Um, and that's exactly what Rolovich was doing. Yep. So obviously, we want a guy that's going to recruit better, but Hawaii, it's just so hard to gauge how well someone recruits at Hawaii. Because they don't have facilities, they're in, and so even the kids that are in Hawaii, and there are a pretty decent number of good recruits in Hawaii, they don't go there. They go to Power no. Five big schools. And Most they of the, the good island. recruits leave the island. Yeah, like for example, our quarterback yeah. recruit. So, yeah, they, they. I think of the top thirty, and they they had a lot of like uh, they had a almost. I think eight or nine four stars or so in Hawaii, which is like more than Washington. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but they, of that, um, none of them, like, I think the, the highest one that went to Hawaii was like 14 or something. And then they had one other in the top 30. Uh, but other than that, like it's, they, that just shows you how bad the resource is. Cause obviously yep. Hawaii is, a, you know, like if you grew up there and then you can, you don't like, you probably love that, weather like and you know but uh, these kids are going to big the big 10 and they're going to pullman and they're going yeah. to like, cold places yeah i mean see. we had two hawaii recruits at one point um gilman obviously decommitted and and went elsewhere but you know at one point we had two <laughs> from hawaii coming to pullman yeah so. so yeah so it's not it's not an easy place to recruit um there's also the point of uh I believe I saw somewhere that he had like just over a million dollars for the the entire defense, the entire staff. Right? Yeah, and WC was playing paying Tracy Clay's I think eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, something so, like that. So if you if you think like WC is paying their defensive coordinator, and we talked about like Brent Venables at at uh, Clemson was making like one point two million this year. Right. So, but right. that was but that was what. For every single offensive and defensive staffer plus chief of staff, whatever, like that's everyone. You have one point two million, and he's yep. going to have at least triple that at at WSU. Yeah, to, to I mean, we were coaches. at we were at three and a half. Yeah, um, and I think it's a pretty decent guess that that goes up a bit. Um, I would given, hope so. You know, just yeah, and just you know, doing the you know the the math on you know Leach's departure. I mean, you're you're not going to pay a four million dollar salary you're not going to pay a $750,000 bonus and then you are going to collect two and a quarter million dollars from Mississippi state. So that's, you know, that's 7 million bucks that basically you have cash on hand um, in your budget that you were planning on spending on a football coach, right? Plus well, you know, plus the buyout. So, um, and now, you know, three yeah, million, whatever the Hawaii buyout was, which, right? Which, which was, uh, I believe, I want to say a quarter of a million dollars. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. So okay, so less that you're talking six and three quarters, and then less whatever his salary is, which is, you know, let's just, you know, just put a round number on. It. Let's put three on it. So that leaves, you know, three and three quarter million, you know, surplus of what you expected to have. 
And so, you know, do they take, and, and I would love this, you know, take a million of that and put it into the assistant pool. And all of a sudden your assistant pool is now, you know, four and a half million instead of three and a half million. Which and is what go, we've, we've seen at places like Oregon and, and Arizona yeah, state, Arizona state. Yep. 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 And it's successful. You know, it's, I, I have long thought, and I know I say long, I say like for like five years, you know, thought that, you know, the assistant pool was a place where you could maybe take advantage of a little bit of a, of a market inefficiency, right. Instead of giving all the money to the head coach, right. um, that's obviously less than what it, what it was. Uh, you know, more and more schools are kind of going that direction. Um, Unless they have a superstar coach, they're saying, "Okay, look, the, we're going to pay you this, but we're also going to give Tosh, you the post Tosh era." Exactly, we're going to yeah. give you, you know <laughs> this much money so you can hire all your you know hire really good assistants. And look, if if they you know if you got great assistants, then everybody's going to win, and you're going to make more money in the end. And um, you know, obviously, it's worked out for Oregon, you know, <laughs> taking half our assistants from yeah. uh, from Leach's staff. So yeah, Oregon just picked yeah picked us clean of all, all of our best assistants, and it's like because they I mean, pay them more, and they they're at Oregon too. So even if you add a million to the to the assistant pool or something like that, um, that still gives you you know approximately two million dollars towards you know, closing the budget deficit. Like, like you can, you can accomplish a lot here, um, getting the right coach and increasing the assistant pool and, you know, maybe, you know, paying down, uh, some of that deficit, you know, I mean, all of that together is just, it's a, it's a really good situation. And I, and I don't know that there was another coach out there where you'd be like, well, maybe we should have spent, you know, $4 million on a coach. Like, I just don't, I don't know where, I don't know who that guy well, is well, that, yeah, I would, if- that, that I would have wanted. If you're paying if you're paying Rolovich two point seven five to three, what are you paying Harson like three point sure. five three and a half probably yeah. something like that, you know. So there, so. yeah, there wasn't, and 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 I guess Harson would probably be the highest paid coach that we were looking at, like realistically. Yeah, I would think Grinch would probably command something like that too, or he would he would at least ask for something like that. Yeah, because he's probably he comes... making a pretty good salary at Oklahoma. I uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's over a million there. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, so when I hear the the Coug fan report about, hey, he declined an interview, you know, I mean, that stuff is, you know, it can be real dicey anyway. Um, you know, that could be a uh, – he could be declining because WSU and his agent already talked numbers a little bit just to feel each other out and – you know, WSU says, yeah, we're looking at a salary in this range. And, and his agent goes, nah, we're not coming to Pullman. We're even thinking about coming to Pullman for less than this. And everybody just goes, okay, it's not going to work. And they move on. So you know, it, it's tough to know. It, it's tough to know how those things go down. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me if if uh, if Grinch was like, hey, if, if, if I'm coming back to Pullman, um, a place that's, you know, obviously rumored that he maybe doesn't necessarily want to be. Uh, you know, that, that they're going to have to pay him to make him make it worth his time. And, you know, so anyway, I, you know, I, I think back to Rolovich, you know, checks all the boxes, does all the right things that you want. And, and I don't know that with an extra million dollars, you get anybody else that feels better than this. Well, and, and if you're worried about the defense, which is a, a legitimate worry, <laughs> whatever defense, um, because their defenses are pretty bad at Hawaii, but, but here's <laughs> really, the thing really that, that's, bad. you know, when you're looking at the, a point of like he had 1.2 million to hire his offensive and defensive yeah, staff. It's insane. I'm, sh- I'm sure he was investing more in the office. He's, you got to look for what, what you can do. And, and, and what, you're paying those people to live in Hawaii in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> it's in, crazy. On, yeah. In Honolulu. Like it's not cheap. Yeah. And, no, um, it's insane. 
uh like even him making 600,000 there probably wasn't like yeah no he wasn't I, I mean, he was he was he was he was well he was well, well off. taken care of well off but, but not rich yeah but now can you imagine that like i so the i i've gotten like a for, like i think my last job change i got like a 40% raise yeah but but we're you know in the tens of thousands here right uh but you're <laughs> going from 600,000 to now you're a legit millionaire <laughs> like you're, you're a millionaire and you're still living in Pullman, which is... Yeah, you're living in Pullman. Not like, Hawaii. You, your house is... The most expensive house in Pullman is like, I don't know, $600,000 or something. Right. <laughs> like, it's... You're good. It's You're probably just... Yeah. You're probably buying Mike Leach's house. Probably. And, uh, yeah, it's... I don't know. Hopefully his wife likes Pullman. That's our, yeah. that's our main problem, the wives. I know. I know. Uh, Alex Grinch's wife, everyone says, didn't like Pullman. I don't yeah. know. Tony Bennett's I, wife didn't I like Pullman. I know. You know, it's, I mean, look, it, those of us who went there, we love it, right? Obviously, we love it. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, it, I, I can see where it's a bit of an acquired taste and maybe not for everybody if you didn't go there. I think you know, Leach I can, liked I can definitely it. see that. I think well, Leach yeah, liked it. Psh, Leach from Wyoming, man. Like yeah, he, he like, walked to work like he don't three care. miles or whatever he did. Like he yeah. it, He's just like whatever, you know, and, and so yeah, that that does not surprise me at all that he was you know, that he was cool with it and um you know, hopefully Rolovich seems like a down to earth dude. I mean, I have spent more time than you can fathom learning about Nick Rolovich over the <laughs> over the last like four days. Uh, I spent my whole weekend writing Rolovich stories, uh, as some as as many people noticed um, when the hiring was announced, and we bombed the site with like about four stories right away. Um, so yeah, I've, I've you know he seems like a down to earth dude, um, you know just just kind of a conservative down to earth guy. He'll fit right in in Eastern Washington, that's for sure. Um, and people people are gonna love him. They they really are. So yeah. Um... I'm 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 pretty I'm I'm excited for the hire. I I I think uh this is very um like Chun runs these things well and I'm glad it was him doing this and not not his predecessor cuz I think we'd have would have ended up with just some big name retread. Um would if, we have gotten was, like who who's who's the big name retread we would have gotten? Jim Mora? Yeah, probably uh, Bilotti or someone like that, you know, like. Yeah, Bilotti's too old, though. He didn't really want into that. Um, a funny man. name that a funny name that I heard that tried to throw his name into the ring here was Jeff Fisher. <laughs> oh, man, I could have totally seen that. Um, could you imagine that? I you know, totally, that's you that's know, that's what Bill Moose would have done. Oh, yeah, that's a total Moose Something like that. So. Yeah, but I, I, I don't saw know. Someone, Although maybe we're. I being saw someone unfair. comment. I saw, I saw someone comment. Can't go seven and nine, but okay. Let's okay. You say maybe we're being unfair, but the, I mean the he Mike did Leach, hire Leach. The, yeah, but so, what's the what's the equivalent of that? Like I'm trying to Leach, think. Right Leach now. was such a unique situation where you True. had this very Absolutely. successful coach who, who was, was still fairly young, still fairly, still fairly young, young and, and unemployed for weird reasons. Super Which, weird reasons. Yeah. And like that that was the leech situation was the weirdest thing. And and, and it's funny because like Leach's initial salary salary and obviously we're eight years out will be like 
roughly the same as Rolovich's. Less. So less. less. Yeah, I think it was like yeah, two I think point, I, two five. Yeah, I want to say it was it two was and a four, quarter. Four year, yep. eleven million. I want to say the first. Yeah, it was something like that. And and at that time for us, it was like, oh my god, what can we pay that? Right? <laughs> like, like can we do that? <laughs> we don't. We don't pay. Co- I mean, what was uh, what uh, Wolf was making six hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand. Right. Six hundred thousand. Yeah, and we we went and. When got Mike Leach and yeah, that, that always, I mean, that was obviously a great hire. That was Moose's, uh, crowning achievement. Yeah. Of course. That and and that and and helping secure, uh, getting everything built, all the capital. That, yeah. And helping secure, um, uh, equal, equal, uh, payout for all Pac-12 schools, even us little ones in Pullman. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I don't know. I just, I just don't think this is a hire that Moose would make. I don't think so either, and I don't because think Kyle. He wants, I don't think Kyle Smith is either. So he, he wants a name or something, you know. Like I mean, he hired Ernie. Kent. He wants his sizzle, right? His sizzle. I mean, he thought Ernie Kent was sizzle, but that's <laughs> what he thought. Leach was definitely sizzle. There was <sighs> definitely. Lots of sizzle oh there. my god! Like I was, I was kind of reflecting on that uh, over the last couple of days, thinking about like just how batshit crazy that whole thing was, and just how over the moon we were. Um, about him and signing, like, like just hiring him and, you know, can you believe this? I mean, I just remember it was so, just so bonkers. And even now it still seems kind of surreal. I mean, it's, it's hard to remember just how insane it was to think of, uh, little old wazoo, right. Hiring a guy with, with that kind of name and that kind of cachet and, um, you know, and what was funny was, you know, over eight years or so, it kind of became, uh, you know, normal that Mike Leach was our coach, right? To the point Mike where Leach was Wazoo, he yeah, was Wazoo, yeah, like, like Mike you Leach know, was Wazoo. to the point where some of our fans were, you know, getting a little tired of him, and, um, and you know, and I don't blame him uh, in the sense I mean, that because he very much was the face of the school, yeah, and and you know, and things get stale. There's no doubt about that. Like, like there is a shelf life to most coaches. And so when we're talking about um, a coach, especially when you're not like reaching the highest highs type thing, right? Like if, like if you're ex- winning, if you're winning championships, then yes, you don't get stale. But fans expect linear, you know, lin- linear improvement, right? Yep. They expect if you're on an upward proje- trajectory, they expect that trajectory to continue. And when a coach kind of hits a what appears to be maybe a little bit of a ceiling. Um, people get impatient no matter what the success is. And I think, you know, you and I are in agreement, you know, if Leach had wanted to stick around forever, we would have been cool with that. Um, but the reality was there were a lot of fans that didn't feel that way. That were like, Hey, you know, we, we need to take the next step. How do we get to the next level? How do we win pack 12 championships? We can't do that with Leach. And, you know, it got to a point where it was like, even you and I who were like, yeah, like he can stick around forever. This is fun. I like winning games, you know, more, more than I lose. Like, this is cool. Um, you know, I think even you and I can understand where that sentiment comes from. Like, I, I didn't understand Absolutely. some of the vitriol, like people who were angry about it. Like, I, I never understood that. But well, and I, I think, yeah, I think yeah. it's uh, because uh, there's a lot of kooks that have memories of going to the Rose Bowl. Like, it's sure. I mean, it's like it's, it's possible. Like, it's possible, and it, you know, it's coming up on 20 years ago almost, but it's still oh, possible. It's crazy, um, but. And, and because, and I think part of what worked against him is that he was so close a couple of times. Um, and, yeah. and it was that, that, that school in Seattle that, that prevented it. Uh, 
three times in a row. Right. Um, and you and I look at that, by the way, and go, okay, but they were so close. Like, like they just need a little a couple things to go different, and we're good. And so if Mike Leach sticks around, but I, I we'll probably you, break through at some point. But, but I, I don't know if I thought that, actually. Oh, that's how I felt. Okay, maybe you didn't feel that way. That, that is I, how I, I don't felt. know. Like, I, I kind of felt like the – Like, I'd rather take my chances. I'd rather continue on the course we were going, take my chances that we're going to break through well, at some point. I, I would say like, – Then make I, a change. I, I wouldn't. I would, I'd be fine with continuing on the course we were going because it was fun. And But I, I really just I, – I mean, Leach went to a couple of Cotton Bowls at Texas Tech, but the Cotton Bowl was not one of the major bowl games when he went to the yeah. Cotton Bowl. It was yeah, a major true. bowl game, but it was not one of the BCS bowl games. Yeah. And then uh, – so it is now one of the – you know, premier bowl games. But back then it was, it was a major bowl game. Like it, you had to be like a, you know, second or third in the big 12 or something to get to it. Um, but, but it was, it, 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 he never, he's never been to a BCS bowl or a college football playoff, uh, New Year's six bowl. And he's coached a lot of years at this point. And he's been very close a couple times, but has 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 just had these games where the, his team has faltered. Um, obviously, after that huge Crabtree touchdown win over Texas in 2008, they got their asses kicked by Oklahoma. Yep. <laughs> um, and and we obviously saw you know multiple years where we got big wins and then got our asses kicked by UW, and and, and then it ends. And so. So at some point, you're just like, I don't know, maybe there's just something to it. Like his ceiling is the Alamo Bowl or next year, you know, the Vegas Bowl or L.A. Bowl or whatever. And and, and like it's 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 not, you know, where we want to be. Like even if we kind of felt like we deserved a, like a Fiesta Bowl bid last year, but um, because of contractual obligations, we couldn't get one. But um yeah, it's it's uh, it's just it was eight plus what he had ten years at Texas Tech, eighteen years, ten years, of, eight years, yeah, yeah. Uh, so eighteen years of winning football. He, he didn't miss. He went to a bowl game every year at Texas Tech. He missed it twice at WSU, and but still couldn't get to that, you know, that peak. And sure. obviously, if if WSU, if WSU was still in the Pac ten, um, I think. Uh, there would have been a year possibly that they could have had got one of those uh, three-way ties that we're so good at and, and gotten to a Rose bowl. But um, obviously <laughs> the, the pack 12 changed that. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, it's uh, uh, cause we do have a co pack 12 North championship from 2018. That is if true. You remember that is true. Um, but yeah, I don't print know. the shirts, but yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. Uh, that's enough about Leach. I Probably think. too much Leach um, talk. Um, but anyway, so but anyways, to the point where I don't know. Like now with Rolovich, it's just like we don't know. Like I, I think he's good. Um, I think he is good enough to not tank anything. Uh, I do. I wouldn't be surprised if there was uh, some growing pains. And I mean, he's got Utah at Utah state and Houston at home to start off next year. It's not a soft landing. Not at um, all. And uh, so it's, he, he could easily take WSU to a bowl game next year and then build them up. It, you know, to, to the way to the what he wants and he could make great hires um and that that'll be huge what we saw under leach is his second round of staff is really when 
WSU kicked into gear. Yeah. So hopefully we get those great hires off right off the bat and, yep. and we kind of keep this thing going. But I, I, you still kind of get this feeling like, okay, we, we saw the ceiling with Leach. Maybe Rolovich is his hire. He's only 40. He's a young coach. Um, he's got growing to do. Um, we don't know. He, he doesn't even know exactly who he is yet, but he's, he still clearly knows how to run a program. So, um, he still has, he could be better. Like he could end up being a a great coach and, and hopefully he can, you know, take, you know, burst us through that ceiling, that PAC 12 North ceiling, that purple colored ceiling, as we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, my personal opinion is we are, we are much more likely to go back to, you know, seasons, the occasional three and four win season than we are to continue with uh, what Leach had done. But, you know, I, I, I feel really good about Rolovich being the kind of guy that, that can continue it. And, um, you know, some of the fun is, is kind of figuring that out. And, and, you know, people are, people are going to be, I think, happy with the stylistic change because I think that uh, people who fancy the passing attack are still going to feel pretty good because there's still going to be lots of passing. Um, and it's actually going to be uh, a little more aggressive maybe than what, um, you know, than what we've gotten used to with the air raid. Now we did just, you know, this last year get, get blessed by an air raid offense that was actually pretty aggressive, uh, you know, after, you know, a few years of something that was a little more conservative, not that, not that Minji was totally conservative, but, um, you know, we went from, you know, Falk, who was very, very conservative, you know, throwing lots of, lots of short passes. Um, th- this, this offense is definitely looking more, uh, for the explosive play. Like that's, that's definitely the goal of, of the, the run and shoot is, is to hit that explosive play. Um, and then people who have been wanting, uh, you know, more running attack, they're going to get it. They're definitely going to get it. And, um, I don't know that it's going to be a, it's, I don't know that it's going to feel like a massive shift um, because I think what you're probably going to do um, is eliminate a lot of those very short passes, screens, and things like that that we've gotten used to that that sort of pump up those pass attempt totals. Um, you know, those are the kinds of things that you're going to see dropping out of the attack um, and replaced by by running you know running plays. So, um, and not only that, uh, you know, Hawaii's number one running back only ran the ball about three more times a game than Max Borgie did. Uh, this year, so but their number two running back ran at about a hundred more times than and that's uh, true. Than our number two, WAC is number two. So yeah. totally so. true on totally true on that. Um, and then of course you've got you know and then the quarterback is going to be um, is going to be a weapon uh, is going to be used as a weapon. So yeah, going to be really interesting. Um, and like I said earlier, that you know learning something new and um, and especially I, I think it's really cool. Like a lot of offenses, you go okay, well what are they trying to do? And you're trying to learn it. Well with the air raid, it's like hey, this is what they do. You can learn it. You know the run and shoot is kind of the same. Like like this is what they do, and you can learn it. So so I'm excited to, to kind of figure that out more than uh, you know just kind of trying to piece together you know the the hodgepodge of of whatever influences an offensive coordinator had. It, it's really cool when they run a distinct system. And it's good for WSU in yeah. any sport when they yeah. run a distinct system. Absolutely. Should All we right. take a break? Well, maybe talk some hoops. Yeah. Maybe talk some if, beer. If we want to talk about growing pains. Yeah. Maybe talk, talk some, some beer. Talk some beer, talk some hoops, and get out of here. All right, let's do it. <laughs>
All right, we're back. Guess what I just ate? Uh, a Rolo. A Rolo. I just ate a Rolo. I ate some to go night. to go with my Rolo because you you let me know that sometimes barley wines are called Rolos. Sometimes barley wines are described as having or Rolo described flavors. as Rolos. Okay, there having we go. Rolo flavors. Because oh, because that makes sense. That makes because sense. Because you often get that caramel vibe yeah, in yeah. the barley yep, wine. Yep, and sometimes yep, you yep. can get some of that roasty malt goodness that gives you kind of that yep. chocolatiness. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, does yours? Do, I know what you're, you're drinking. drinking? Yeah, um, so I am drinking uh, Coog Center approved and Coog owned brewery Skookum uh, yeah. barley wine. So I've actually drank a Skookum barley wine on this before, but this is a different one. All uh, right, because Hollis loves to make him some barley wine. Um, so uh, the last one I had was in ruins. Uh, this one is called Barren Wood. It's kind of the their flagship barley wine that they release okay. every year. Um, uh, they changed the label this year. It's really cool. It's got kind of this barren tree and then a, a barrel that's kind of been worn. And uh, it's it's got some good Old West vibes going on. Hollis, uh, Hollis Wood is the brewer at Skookum. And Skookum is kind of the, the barley wine kings of the north, of maybe not the northwest. What you're drinking, I would say, maybe the kings of the barley wine kings of the northwest. But um, in terms of volume. But uh, um, basically, he's... They they released three different barley wines last fall, like <laughs> like within a month and a half they released three and barley wine. I'm talking about barley wines that were aged over a year in bourbon barrels. They released Ooh. three in a row. That's a lot. And so, uh, like I've talked to Hollis, he loves making barley wines, and uh, that's his favorite style of beer. Um, so I'm drinking Barren Wood out of a um, barley wine is life glass. Uh, so uh, you can see that on my Twitter, um, and uh, it's yeah, it's definitely got the caramel notes. I get a little Rolo. Uh, this is definitely a, a thick boy, um, a, a delicious barley wine, Baron Wood. Um, there, you know, if you live uh, on the like in the Seattle area, you might still be able to find a bottle of this kicking around um, at your uh, local bottle shop, but um, maybe not. But uh, yeah, this is delicious. Uh, I love everything that uh, Skookum does, but I especially love the barley wines. And Jeff, um, you actually, I've been, okay, I know what the brewery that you have a beer from. Yeah. And I had been, I had been saving some beers to, uh, to kind of, uh, kind of uh, pop your hair of the dog cherry <laughs> because they're such a they're so distinct like uh-huh. their beers are so distinct and and i and, I, and i'll let you describe the beer and see if you f- find some of the distinct qualities but like you got one of their kind of weird ones uh it's definitely uh, weird um de- they it's definitely kind of a break from what they normally do but um go ahead and uh describe what your yeah. beer is so this is the uh, hair of the dog and i don't i, I think it's probably pronounced maya M A J A, vanilla it's maple a Swedish name. I think. Okay, there we go. Uh, vanilla maple bourbon barley wine, uh, which is is an interesting uh, combination. It so, means pearl. Yeah, there we go. I like that. So uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm drinking this guy, and and the vanilla definitely makes it a little weird. Um, it's lighter in color, I think, than what what you'd expect. Um, yes. Definitely kind of a lighter flavor. 
um, than what you'd expect and, and not, um, not really overly sweet, which I've talked about before is, is something I don't particularly care for. Um, but this one is, is more, much more carbonated than the last one I had, which, you know, is kind of a a texture, you know, I enjoy more than, than sort of more carbonated than the hair of the dog. Than than the last hair of the dog, uh, yeah, I had. So that's that's the funny because hair of the dog is, um, and I'll I'll share some with you sometime. Yeah, uh, most of their strong ales, old ales. I mean they they have a bunch of barley wines, but they don't always call them barley wines. Uh, um, but they they're de- almost flat. But yeah, that Maha one is kind of oddly carbonated for yeah. them. Yeah. So, um, Maya, really good. And Maya. as as I was drinking it, I was like, okay, there's vanilla, and am I am I am I like tasting some fruit? And so then I read the side of it, and it said, uh, "Aromas of peaches <laughs> and pleasant memories of the past." In the mouth, pineapple mixes with marshmallow, maple, and whimsy. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was tasting. So, does it say the uh, uh, collaboration brewery on there? It does. It's uh, Omnipollo or Omnipolo. Yeah. Yeah, so they're a Swedish brewery. They're uh, known for, so yeah, that's, what is it? Maple, bourbon, vanilla, barley wine? Yep, vanilla, maple, bourbon. They're known for just hyping up like crazy shit in their beers. Like IPAs with all sorts of fruits and, and, uh, you know, stouts with all sorts of, like too much vanilla often, like, and stuff like that. Um, So that's kind of what they're known for. And so I think when... um, they collaborate with hair of the dog who usually has these more kind of balanced tight, like, uh, uh, like generally, uh, nothing over the top in them type of beers. Um, I, I'm assuming the brewers at hair of the dog thought it'd be funny to like, cause even the, the, the label on that thing is kind of out of control for them. Like usually it's kind of muted colors and that one you have is, Right, it's like hot pink and and blue and stuff. If I remember right, it is. It is. It's kind of actually. It's kind of orange, like a very bright yeah, orange. orange. Yeah, yeah. But yes, and purple. There's some purple. You eating another so, Rolo yeah. there? I'm having another Rolo. Sorry, you asked me a question while I was eating my Rolo. <laughs> That's why I, did. I I was gonna eat Rolos during the podcast, but. I, I figured they're a very difficult thing to talk and eat with. It is true. Time. I was I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to like lean back and chew. And then you asked me a question. I was like, damn it. I had a Rolo in my mouth. So, yeah. I, I haven't wine. had a Rolo. By the way, I've not had a Rolo in a long time. That's good. Like, that's a good ass candy. I just I just want to point that out. I got some yeah. Rolos in my stocking this year. So I had had quite a few recently. Had a guy. Um but I, w- I went to the Walgreens last night. That's a couple blocks from my house. And they had Rolo ice cream. So I got some Rolo Ooh, ice cream. And then that got some big old good. bags of Rolo. And, you know, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for I'm ready for Pullman this weekend with my ready. Rolos on the way. Ready. Yeah. So the beer's good. I like it. It's different. It's a little weird. A little weird. But I every hair it. of the dog beer is a little weird. Yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm a. I have not been disappointed yet, though. Like it's not. So, it's definitely not bad. It's definitely good. Hair of the Do- Hair of the Dog has been making barley wine type beers, barrel aged barley wine, other types of barley wine forever. Like for since the '90s, before anyone wanted to buy these things, and so they're kind of an OG. Uh, I definitely recommend uh, checking them out if you're in Portland. Uh, they're in an area with there's a few other breweries around there. The Modern Times Brewery is really close to them. Um, they have a really cool kind of vintage bottle list 
uh, so you can check out some of because a lot of their beer is better with age on it, and you can kind of check out some of their older uh, vintage beers yeah. and stuff. Definitely worth it. Um, I kind of want to buy another because this is a 2019, so I kind of want to buy another one and then just throw it in the, you know, throw it in the closet for a year or two and see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. Probably good things. Yeah, probably. Anyway, I don't know. Basketball. God damn it. A really, really shitty week for basketball all around. Fuck. And and by the way, right now I am watching uh, Malachi Flynn play for San Diego State against Fresno State on ESPN. Oh, fun. (sighs) Dude, how much more awesome would we be if we just had Malachi Flynn right now? Yeah, him him with CJ would be quite a combo. Son of a bitch. God damn it, Ernie Kent. Damn you. Well, he did recruit him. He did, <laughs> but he pissed him off enough that he transferred out. So, hooray! I don't yeah. know. But yeah, anyway. really shitty weekend. Uh, shitty weekend. Cal- Super shitty weekend. You guys heard us watching Cal during <laughs> yeah. the podcast last week. That was an atrocity. Yeah. Uh, Sorry for that, everyone. Just a defensive complete meltdown. Yeah. Um. And CJ well, both, once again both games going. really had the same defensive issue. They just could not keep anybody away from the rim. Yeah, which is yeah concerning. You, concerning, very concerning. Um, Stanford, uh, their bigs, uh, particularly, um, God damn it, De Silva just yep. destroyed them. Um, the only thing that kept that game from being worse in the second half when WC made their run is because De Silva. Uh, got in foul trouble and then he came back in and then they pushed the lead back out again and then obviously uh stanford's point guard is very good um and we had no to tyrell terry he was very impressive um and then of course their off guard uh i can't remember which guy it was um isaac white who Mm -hmm. no not isaac white was it isaac white yeah, yeah. You think you're thinking of Isaac White? Yeah, he just just lit it lit it, lit us up. Like, yeah, and he wasn't very good. Like if you look at his stats now, they look pretty good. It's because he hadn't shot very much the entire year, and he was not very good. And then he just has the game of his life against WSU. Of course, um, we've gotten used. It to was that. it was it was a very vintage uh, last four years weekend that we had down in the Bay yeah, Area. Yeah, it was. Um, and it was very frustrating. It was right right down to the shooting where at Stanford we shot 12 of 27 from three, which is 44%. That's really good. Uh, we also shot 34.5% on, t- on twos. Uh, that's really, 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 really bad. bad. Uh, yeah, we just, you know, we struggle with size. We struggle with length. Um, Stanford's, we knew, you know, you wrote the preview. I mean, we knew Stanford's defense was very, 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 very good. Yeah, uh, and, top 10 and, defense. Yep, and that that definitely proved to be true. And, and then I think there's, you know, to be honest, um, I, I think it's worth mentioning, you know, Stanford started the year uh, ranked number 92 by Ken Palm. Uh, they're all the way up to 39 now. Uh, they're pretty damn good. Um, yep. and, and I talked to... Uh, I actually did text a little bit with with somebody close to the basketball program who said that you know they feel like you know Stanford's actually probably good enough to win the league. Um, uh, like De Silva and well. Terry are as good a combo as you have, just leading 
leading the way. Like yep. De Silva is very impressive. Yep. And yeah, and they're, Terry they're awesome. Terry is so smooth for a freshman. Like it's like he's I don't know what his recruiting ranking was, but he looks legit right off the bat. Yeah, I mean he's shooting forty two percent from three. Uh, 90% three, from the line. Yeah, 90% from the line. Not that he gets the line that much, but yeah, when he does but... get there, he, he's nails. Uh, 3% steal rate, high assist rate with a low turnover rate for a point guard. Um, you know, really high defensive rebounding percentage for, for a point guard. Um, yeah, he's just kind of doing it all. And, uh, you know, he'll, you know, he may not win the freshman of the year award in the, in the conference because there's some really good freshmen. Uh, Arizona's got a couple. But uh, yeah, it's he. They're they're really good. Stanford's really good. Um, you know, to improve from ninety two to thirty nine, uh, not that's not a super easy thing to do. And their only two losses are to uh, fourth ranked in Ken Palm anyway, fourth ranked Butler by one point on a neutral floor, and then uh, and then they lost to the second ranked Kansas uh, at home by about sixteen. So. Uh, yeah, but other than that, legit. yeah, other than that, they they've been they've been doing very well for themselves, and uh, definitely a bit of a surprise to me uh, that they that they've played this well, uh, just because um, you know I didn't think uh, didn't think much of Jared Haas as a coach, but uh, he's he's definitely proven me wrong, and and particularly their defense is fairly ridiculous. And you know who had a and their uh, counterparts in the Bay Area had a great weekend in part thanks to us, but also yeah, how about that? upsetting washington as well yeah you comes out oh and two just of, like us yeah that takes some of the sting out of the you know the like okay maybe cal isn't that bad but i think they are but it's just i don't i don't know like maybe at home because uh, they, uh, they bradley is legitimately good and yeah. they we had a lot of trouble with him but paris austin was the frustrating one like he has not been good and he yeah. was just getting to the rim at will, just at will against the Cougs. Um, yeah. I mean, this is a guy that shot seven threes all year. And I think one of the ones he made might have been against Tavisi. Yeah. But, but, but he shot seven threes all year. You know where he's going with the ball. And we, the, the Cougs just could not stop him. And it was very frustrating to watch. Um, there was a lot of guys on Cal, particularly those two, but... Uh, that just had really good games, and it just felt like it was partially WC's defense that was letting them have it, and and that's really frustrating because um, we came off a, a weekend previously where WC just had a great defensive weekend, and then they come out and just get shredded by a really bad team on Thursday, and then by a pretty good team. On, yeah, on they, you know, to be honest. I... I'm not sure how much of it was was effort, was tired legs, was whatever. It looked to me like the the effort maybe wasn't quite as strong, um, and, and not yeah. that college kids are great at giving maximum effort at all times because they're definitely not. So, uh, you know, it could have been some of that, but I definitely felt like there was, um, you know, that maybe they weren't not not just not playing as well as they had been, but. Uh, maybe not as you know being as invested in in you know playing hard of every every minute of every game um, as they had been. So I think that's really the key for them, you know. And, and hopefully this this weekend is a little bit of a teaching tool for them um, because it's it's you know it's basically what we talked about uh, not not on last week's podcast, but but a, but a couple weeks ago. Um, 
where we talked about, look, you know, it's going to be a tough road right now. There, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of there. There are not a lot of soft games in here. That made that cow cow loss hurt. Yeah, that way cow more. loss was Cause... was difficult. Um, and the person I talked to, you know, close to the program, um, they they sort of expressed the same thing. They felt like you know, Cal was the one they should have had. And, and that's one they should have won, and you know they didn't. And so now, you know, again they're facing you know Oregon on Thursday, and Oregon is very, very, very good. Uh, probably the best team we've played all year. De- definitely the best team by Ken Palm ranking, uh, and and you know so certainly the best team we've played this year. Uh, Oregon State on Saturday for clay game. I suppose we'll talk about that, but um, you know Oregon State just beat Arizona, just just like whipped Arizona. Uh, granted that was at home and, and right now so far this year, um, home teams are having pretty uncommon amount of success, uh, in the conference. So, you know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's not, but, uh, Oregon state is certainly no, um, you know, no gimme. So that, like, that's going to be a super tough game. And then, and then you got Colorado, uh, and then you're playing Utah on the road and, and we know what happens, you know, know what typically happens there. So yeah, yeah you lost <laughs> to, uh, Utah once when they were, I think they were ranked in three hundreds. Yeah, at, so, on the road, so it's yeah, it's it's looking rough, and uh, you know maybe, you know that that's where losing to Cal really kind of bums you out, like like you were saying, because uh, the road is is so difficult after that, and uh, you know it really is, uh, you know the next team we play that's above even forty percent win probability is playing Arizona State at home. Um, and the only team the entire rest of the season that's above 50% win probability is Cal when we play them at home on February 19th. Uh, outside of that, uh, every other game except for that Arizona State game is under 40% uh, win probability for us. And we just found out Jalen Shedd is not going to be coming back this year. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's Tough, basically Tough. Two, out of, two out of your expected top six, I would yeah. say, in rotation. Out for the year, um, out for and the grad year, transfers. Like that's the other thing. Grad like, you transfers, expect those guys to be major leaders. contributors. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, two out of top six. I don't know if Deion James would have started, but maybe he would have been off and on starter. But he, he definitely, definitely is been. like your first guy off the bench. Yeah. Like even so, if he's not a starter, because yeah. maybe positions don't fit together or whatever. Definitely so, yeah, you a key got, cog. You got two of your expected top six grad transfers that you brought in specifically to be uh, key contributors and they're both done for the year potentially um jalen shed's not confirmed but uh kyle smith didn't sound too optimistic about yeah him. I'd, I'd be shocked if he comes back just just the way that it was that that smith was saying it like i like i i felt like he was trying to not like just be definitive that we're shutting him down but mostly being like yeah that that that's probably it's probably the end of the road and then you have Marvin Cannon's not been playing. Yep. Still been out. Uh, they've been getting some decent minutes from Ryan Rapp, uh, but, I, you know, uh, that, that he's been playing like five minutes a game, so you don't really know. Yep. Um, it, you know, they've, like, Noah Williams, particularly defensively, has looked very good. Um, but still, like, you're you're getting – it's two guys out of an eight ro- eight-man rotation that are that are out. And so now you're having to go, you know, luckily Tony Miller's been decent, but we saw this weekend that he can be taken out of a game pretty easily. Like he didn't do a whole lot. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah. So he, he didn't even play against Stanford. He must, he was injured, I think. 
Um, but he didn't do much of anything against Cal. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's rough that, um, you know, it, in this season where the team is very much improved, and we've talked about it over again, but the Pac-12 has also improved every single team. And, and maybe not every single, Utah is not better, but, um, but then you, you come in with like all these minutes that have been missed from key contributors, Jalen Shedd and Deion James, uh, Marvin Cannon. And then even the, the next guy up is missing a game. So it's, it's like, okay, you know, maybe this just season is, is doomed from the start and CJ is struggling. Obviously, uh, he's, he shot better from outside uh, this weekend, but he really hit what was his bread and butter early on in the season was getting to the rim, and, and he has not been doing that. He's been missing a lot of fadeaway 15-footers um, that even he was making earlier in the season. So um, yeah. he's definitely struggling, um, and not defensively, I'll say. Like, he's been tearing it up defensively, but um, otherwise offensively, and he's clearly the most important offensive player that we have, and, and uh, he's just having a rough time. And, uh, yeah, so it's just, it, it's it's kind of <laughs> all the optimism and, and excitement we had after the UCLA uh, win is uh, it's a bit down, but uh, Clay Thompson is coming to Pullman on Saturday. Hell yeah, exciting. he is. And Stephen Curry is also coming. To yeah, Pullman. how about that? Now I'm like super pissed that I'm not going. Yeah, Jeff, I got a damn empty God seat. I don't it. know what to do with. <sighs> if I wasn't I coaching basketball, like that, that's my issue. I got a fourth grade basketball game to coach that I can't get out of. I don't have an assistant coach. I can't go away. Yeah, I yeah yeah I have a just got an empty empty ticket, Jeff. I don't Shit. Know. I know. I know. Empty, empty queen. I know. And you had a hotel room and you had like the whole nine yards. Like I could have, you know, done this. And But yeah, you know, me and uh, Preston and I will just be, uh, you know, drinking. you can stop. Now. We'll be, we'll be drinking with Clay and, and you can stop at, now. At, at you can the, stop at Mike's or whatever. And, and we'll be having a great time. What, what are the odds that Clay does the, the college town tour after this thing? Like, like that he just is like, yo, I'm going to hit all the spots and, you know, everybody's gonna. I don't know. Is he? Does he buy the drinks, say, or does everybody buy the drinks for him? Like, well, I mean, everyone's gonna be drunk enough to be like, hell yeah, I'll buy you a drink, Clay. Clay, yeah. who is you know just signed a hundred and eighty million dollar contract, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. And staff who also, but like, yet yeah, no, I don't know, I don't know, like, like I maybe it not. I mean, what else maybe, are you gonna do in Pullman though, right? Like he's like he's he's, he's just, definitely might, staying for the night, right? I don't know. Like he's not flying right back out. There's no way he's flying right back out. Maybe he is the one o'clock. No way. No way. He's sticking. Dude, listen, he loves Pullman as much as we do. There's no. You think he's going to take Steph Curry? Maybe they'll get drinks at the, uh, the, the residence in bar. No way. He's going to take him out. Come on. You have to. Clay's going to be like, yo, let me show you Pullman. Go up to you know, go up to Valhalla, take him to the Coog. I think Clay's. I think most of the athletes' spot is Mike's, so or Stubblefields. And just so, take him around. I think that's you know, where show him go. around. Be like, hey, Steph, let me show you a real college experience. I mean, Steph yeah. went to Davidson. Yeah, I'm sure Davidson doesn't have. Hell no, it's Pullman. Come on. 
I think that's what's going to happen. So make sure make sure you stake out. Make sure you don't look too creepy doing it, though. Well, I am. I think it'd be funny because I am taller than Steph Curry. So. <laughs> by a lot. Well, by, by an inch or two. No. He's like, he's what? Is he really? Yeah, I think I he's 6'3". Uh, for some reason, I thought he was like 6'2", 6'1". But I could be. like He's 6'3". Would not be the first time I was wrong. Only a I, couple inches. I think if he's listed at is, six, I'll bet he's listed at six three, but isn't actually six three. I feel like the first time I saw Clay, he was shorter than me. But Clay's he definitely like six freshman, seven. Clay's a legit six seven. He grew a couple inches in college. Yeah, yeah, he did. He definitely. But yeah. Did. But yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, I. It, it'd be cool if he just went around buying uh, drinks for all the college kids. That would you know, be cool. Be nice. How like. Like, seriously, like, if I had that kind of money, like, it'd be so much fun to just walk into a place you, like that and just be like, yo, I'm buying beers for everybody. Let's go. Do you think Clay has access to his funds now? Or I think he does. I th- <laughs> you, know, you think once you get the, once you get the, the max contract, once you sign the max contract, I think you actually get access to your own money. That's, that'd be my guess. That'd be my guess. I would hope so. Yeah, I think I think Michael had to loosen up the purse strings there for his uh for his son. So yeah, I I I mean if you were Clay, wouldn't you do this like like well, honestly, what what's a what's a round of drinks at the Coog? Like, let's imagine you know, a world where you can just much. buy drinks for everybody all night in Pullman. Do you do it? And the answer is of course you do. Right? Like you just open it like like you just said, how much would it be? Like if I just went, yo, open tab for the next hour, like how much would that actually cost you at a place like the Coop? I don't know. Thousand bucks? Couple thousand mm, bucks? More than a thousand dollars. Okay, Definitely. a couple thousand bucks? I mean, psh, what's that? You just signed a $180 million contract. What's that? That's nothing. An hour at the Coog, people buying drinks constantly. Yeah. Well, not know. the Coog. He wouldn't do it at the Coog because. All right, uh, Mike's, Double Fields, whatever. Cause, cause I think, Valhalla, like, I think, I think like Mike's or Valhalla, he could, there be, could be a place where he could like stand away from people, but that's not happening at the Coog. Right. At the Coog, like, he's you, getting crushed. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. There's nowhere to go to stand yeah. away from people. But it doesn't matter. I mean, anywhere he goes, there's not going to be a VIP room for him to go into. So there's not going to be a, a, a rope to, to keep the, uh, to keep the commoners away. Well, there might be on clay week. I mean, you never Maybe. Know. I don't know. Like wouldn't that, that, that would be funny. Like if uh, like his agent called ahead of time and he's got like a bodyguard and like oh, get the private room back here for Clay. Yeah, I don't know. Should be fun. I, yeah, uh, I'm excited for you, man. I I I wish I was going, and and it sounds like a blast. Yeah, you know, maybe we'll just hang out with Rolovich and and Clay and. I mean, Steph they've Curry. got. They're definitely going to announce Rolovich during that game, right? Yeah, like at some point. I I don't know when, but maybe during one of the TV timeouts or something. Definitely, because I imagine they're doing the clay ceremony during halftime. So, yeah, I was thinking halftime or probably not before the game, right? I I can't imagine they would do that because our fans are really terrible at being in their seats before the game. I'm just terrible at going to basketball games. Well, that too. Pretty. That pretty, too. You got a pretty good crowd for this one. I, hope I, so. I would think so, man. People are pretty excited and um, should be tons of students one way or another. Um, that's and, you know, as you know, that's really what makes the difference. Like is, you know, the, the, the number of students and the energy they bring. So, yeah, I hope the student. That's what I think. I think there'll be pl- a lot of alumni there. 
Um, but I, I think that the students, I, I hope that they, I, I, I'm guessing the students have a love for Clay. Cause I would they, think so. You, 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 you watch, because the Warriors have just been yeah. so prominent. Yeah. Um, and then you, you watch them and then someone's like, yeah, he went to school at WSU. It's like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I, I'm hoping I, I see, a, you know, some, some, a vintage student section. I hope so. Um, and that, that'll be fun. Obviously, like, no one knows what to do or what to cheer. They're just going to, you know, <laughs> it's also do whatever. True. But uh, I, I remember that from Bennett's first year. Like, we're just like, I don't know. Let's just be loud, I guess. I don't know. Like, we usually just talk crap to the other players because they can definitely hear us because there's only 10 yeah. people in the building. Yeah. And then suddenly there was people in the building. But Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I'm super excited uh, to go to Pullman. I'm not excited to drive there. Nope. That Never is, is all that fun. exciting, but no. Uh, hopefully the especially hopefully the passes are okay for you. Yeah. Glad I be. purchased that all-wheel drive Rav Four. Hell yeah, makes to, all the difference. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't know. Is there anything else? I don't know. Rolo. Yeah. Rolo. Should I eat another Rolo and chomp pretty, on it right into the microphone? It's a pretty damn good weekend, dude. It we got, is. We got a new coach. We got Clay and Steph coming to town. Yeah. Man. It's a lot of fun. Like We're, we're going to be handing Curry an uh, honorary WSU degree by Sunday morning. Yeah. We'll be like, hell yeah, you're one of us. Come on over here. You didn't go to a real school. Come on over to ours. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. What, what, if, what if Steph just likes it so much, like... They just like covertly come to Pullman, yeah, to, to hang out. Totally like, random weekends. Totally, I'd be down with that. Oh, hey, one other quick thing that one of the sports really quick sports related thing that I, I think we should point out: uh, the basketball player best known as Bobby Buckets. Oh, of course, Bobby right? Buckets. Like we got to point this out. Uh, so uh, her her actual name is uh, Borislava Ristova. But she is uh, she is now the uh, second member of the two thousand point club in WCU basketball. And the uh, joining, member. Yeah, well, joining Isaac Fontaine. I don't know that she's passed Ike in total points yet, but yes, she did. Did she pass him? Yep. Okay. All right. So she passed they Isaac. They're making Fontaine. a big. I was I was watching their uh, their most recent game, and they were making a big point of that. They're yeah. Like you're the leader. I think it was during the UW game. She okay. So she she passed uh, Fontaine because they were like making a big cool. point of saying you're the leader of men or women. Yeah, points all time. Super cool, man. So and I was in school uh, when Isaac was there. Uh, you know, I watched his uh, his his march to pass Steve Padakis and and get to that two thousand point barrier. Um, of course, Clay would have Clay would have obliterated that if he'd stuck around for one more year. But he didn't. Uh, yeah, so that would have yeah. yeah that would have been he would have been. 2,300, 2,400 points, depending, something like that. So he would have ended up there, but he didn't. So, uh, you know, Isaac Fontaine, still the, still the men's leading scorer, but no longer the uh, basketball leading scorer. That's now, that's now the honor that belongs to uh, Bobby Buckets. And uh, that's super cool. And and it's, you know, in Seattle, she did it in Seattle against UW in a win, in a win. Yeah. An apple cup win. How does that feel? Apple Cup Series. Apple Cup Series win. So, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, Women's basketball team is doing 
okay. They they start off strong. Some big wins. They've had some big losses. Yeah, started strong, kind of hit uh, that 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 stretch that they had in that tournament uh, where they played like three really good teams. Uh, seemed to seemed to kind of throw them off the rails a little bit. Yeah. But uh, but back on track with a win over UW, which is great. And uh, yeah, seemed to be heading in the right direction under Kami Etheridge, which is which is cool. And uh, yeah, watch women's so, basketball or something. So, so Clay had seven hundred and thirty-three points his senior year. His junior year, he, you mean? His junior year, and he yeah. finished with one thousand seven hundred fifty-six. So, okay, yeah, so he, he would have been he like twenty-five. He might have hit twenty-five hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you figure he probably scores more probably, his senior year, probably goes to the tournament too. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> you and you and all the people who are going to be at that game on Saturday going like, yeah, but he never made the tournament. Oh yeah, you know I'll be like that. Yeah, you uh, never made the yeah. tournament, Clay. There's going to be there's definitely going to be some grumpy old people around you. They're going to be like, and they won't say it like, but he never made the tournament. What they'll say is things like, man, imagine if he'd made a tournament. They'll they'll say it like that, right? Which yeah, is sort yeah. of the backhanded you know way of of criticizing. Uh, his college career definitely hey, won, his fault that he was surrounded by a bunch of chumps he won three nit yes yeah. yeah definitely his fault he was surrounded by dudes who couldn't play that well but whatever whatever 733 points is that's a lot of points in one senior, year man. it was junior season <laughs> so many points in one year yeah last game of his career you know Nice little uh, or last last Pac twelve game of his of his career, you know. Nice 43. little forty three. Last game of his career was very bad. Yeah, that which, one was worse. Which let's not talk game. about that one. Yeah, that was not good. He didn't get a lot of help in that game. No, nope. nobody played well in that game. That was a bad game. That was a bad game. All right, what else? Anything else? We uh, done? I don't know. I don't know. Nope, I'm good. Yeah, but I do want. Uh, if you're listening, um, you're probably listening and you don't usually listen to all of them. Uh, but we would like if you subscribed, that's always um, good. Gets automatically delivered to your device. Um, we would like, if you like it, go ahead and rate us five stars on your service of choice, particularly on Apple. Uh, cause that's what most people use, um, or Spotify or whatever else you listen to it on. Yeah, and leave us a comment if you want. I, I like reading them. It's fun. People don't really leave comments that very that often. Um, uh, maybe we'll read some on the, on the air. Sure. The, yeah. The digital air. Yeah, it's not really and, air, but yeah, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, if you want to send us an email, podcast versus everyone. That's vs everyone at gmail dot com. If you want to follow me on Twitter to see beer pictures and the like at the Craig powers. And then if you want to follow mostly Jeff, hundred percent Jeff actually at this point, yeah. um, <laughs> I I'm, I've actually refrained from even tweeting from it because Jeff dominates it. So I much. can't ever stop Twitter, man. I but, keep trying. But, it's terrible. But it, yeah. Jeff gave up his 5,000 Twitter follower account to for like the, the 300, 300 Twitter <laughs> follower account. Um, but he I should have sold it. That's what I should have done. Yeah. No shit, man. I should have made you, some money. You gave up your influencer status. Uh, no. I, I could have at, even probably gotten a blue check mark if I'd tried. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's at pod versus everyone. The picture, the cover photo is my daughter, but it's all Jeff all the time. Yeah. Stay for the, uh, come for the cougar takes, stay for the Donald Trump criticism. Yep. <laughs> We've moved that to the Twitter account. It's yeah. No on the podcast. <laughs> you know what? There, there will be a point in the podcast where it's like, you know what? We need to talk politics again, but we're not there yet. I don't know. All we right. can talk politics now if you want. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> Go Cougs, Craig. Go Cougs.